Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, your only community radio and media station in the entire Houston metropolitan area. Sitting down with me today is El Senor Manager of the station, Sandy Wyman. How you doing, Sandy? Interimo. Ah, come on. We said that it's that's not what I'm gonna be using anymore. Anyway, folks, we got a great program for you today. Hey, Sandy, news flash came out today. Well, not today, recently. Did you know that we got a not this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The person going into the race, the, the Houston mayoral race. It's heating up. It's heating up. And it seems like Sheila Jackson Lee has joined the fold. So now we are filled with a whole lot of different people into the race. We have Amanda Edwards, who we've interviewed here a few weeks ago. We have Chris Collins, who revolutionized how voting was done here in this uh, Houston. And of course, we have uh, there's a there's a woman out of Missouri that's also running. Uh, that I, I, her name, I think, is Robin Robin Williams, uh, who is running for the candidate. And then there's the perennial John Whitmire. We are. It's like we're flooded with a whole bunch of options. Well, your thoughts on that, my dear brother? Well, options are always good in a democracy. I know, yeah. I know. But you know what's a good thing about Houston? The folks that have decided to run here in Houston are actually qualified. Yes, in, they are. And yeah. that is a very good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, they're older, they're younger, they're, they're, they're women, they're men. So I am happy to see it. And now that, that, uh, Miss Jackson has joined the fold, I can't, you know, uh, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a good thing altogether because again, why? Uh, it's a plethora of options that people have. We have an experienced congresswoman. We have a young uh, woman in Edwards who ran the the uh, the um, that to, to kind of revolu uh, revolutionize the cities with with respect to getting businesses involved. And Chris Collins, of course, he's a technocrat. So we we have a plethora of choices right now. We do, and we should be proud of that. Yeah, I think and so. We should look forward to some really good days in Houston and Sylvester Turner. And the local government here, you got to be proud of them. Yes. I mean, we went through City, so many storms. And city's growing. Yeah. City's growing. It's progressive. We're getting the large events to come here. Yeah. Commerce is up. Everywhere you look, people are moving here. We're seeing gentrification of neighborhoods. And I know there is mixed emotion about that, but that's progress. Yeah. Now that, you know, we have, we are bringing so much to life here. Absolutely. And I, I mean, and let me mention one more yeah. thing. Austin. You don't have the music. Well. Dallas, you don't have the music. <laughs> Houston's got the music, too. So, hey, great place to live. Well, you know what? When you talk about KPFT, that's the one thing that we get a chance to bring here because we bring all the things that are eclectic that aren't necessarily covered everywhere. But that's what it's all about. But anyway, we're, we're going to have, have a great show for you guys, uh, folks. We have some folks here in the, in the studio hanging around with us as well. So it's going to be all good. But the main topic of the program is, and I want you guys to call in 713 526 5738. Again, that number is 713 526 5738. 
You guys want to talk about Mayor of Houston? Give us a call, 713-526-5738. Your thoughts? You know, we have several subjects to cover. It's your show if you want to go ahead and change it at your convenience. What did you do this weekend? Took the weekend off. Well, let me tell I you. I was even absent from Deadbeat this weekend. No, who did Deadbeat? Well, Matt, Matt Appel. And he uh, put on a heck of a good show. I don't know. I think, you know, don't look back. Something's gaining on you. Hey, well, I'm say. sorry. Managers <laughs> don't get, not, you, you, you don't get a chance to use your clout not to get out of doing your program, man. Well, yes, I do. You know, well, <laughs> I, I don't know, brother. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, folks, uh, you know, this weekend, many of us congregated in the large backyard of the Unitarian Fellowship of Houston on Wirt Road, where we listened to several bands, etc., etc. We had the Houston Peace and Justice Center out there. We had KPFT well represented. And guess what? All the, 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 the folks out here went up and gave speeches and talked about, hey, folks, you got to come out here and check out what your community radio is doing for you right now. So it was, great. it was a great outing. And you know what? In as much as we get many times we're political, it was just a great, nice outing. KPFT, Community Media, serves the uh, Houston community. And our program, our programming, is quite diverse. Yeah. crawls off into many different facets of Houston culture and society. And I think this facility is here for that very reason. Your friends and neighbors come and they talk on the air and they bring you their own information, their own music, local bands stop by, touring bands stop by, national name recognition acts stop by this studio. And it's all done commercial free. It's all done on the power of volunteers. And it's a wonderful thing to see non-commercial, unbiased media. And all deference to my friends at CBS who are filming this. Um, non-commercial, there's nothing like it. And there's no no rope upon any of us for what we bring to the air aside from the FCC. You can actually see that you you love your music because that's the first thing you talk about music music. Well, folks, we also do we do good politics and we do good talk here, man. We make sure to keep things going. And independent talk and independent, politics at this yeah. very moment at this very moment, right. people so important. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, with, with what's going on, you know, the, the the second title of my show today was Israel, France, Brazil, and the USA, and what's going on to change the country, and and what we have to talk about to really make a difference, and that's one of the reasons I want you guys to give us a call up at seven one three five two six five seven three eight, so that we can talk about. You know, you're, you're not going to get just unadulterated information. You're going to get true, valid data. That's right. That's that's what we unbiased, do. unfiltered, I unfettered. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to tell them completely unbiased now because I am somewhat biased. Well, this but, is true. This hey, is very true. But hey, we won't go there. Hey, Alberto, thank you. Have a great show. Hey, you, 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 are you calling me biased, my brother? No, no. <laughs> calling you Egberto. Oh, okay. Host of Politics Done Right, another one of our great volunteers. And remember, it is 100 percent volunteer yes, it is. powered. Yes. So, yeah. Amazing. But anyhow, great. We, we're going to talk. But anyhow, folks, like I said, we were at the community center and we had people talking on every subject one can think about. It was a beautiful day. Uh, I, I hope we, we start having more of these engagements with people because, you know, in these stressed times, what 
we can expect when we start engaging is to sort of lower the temperature, lower the temperature of the divisions that we have in the country right now. And you guys know what I believe. Whenever we can unite Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios, then we all win. And why do we all win? Because that means we're finally talking to the masses of all stripe, irrespective of everything else. We're talking about our basic humanity. What are we talking about again? Our basic humanity. When Donald Trump lost the popular vote but won the Electoral College in 2016, I paused. When Jair Bolsonaro won the election in Brazil in 2018, I paused. When Benjamin Netanyahu was elected back into power in 2022, I paused. The citizens of the democratic countries elected these guys into office. Why? Why did they elect them into office? I know you have some thoughts on that, Tory. What are your thoughts on Bolsonaro, Netanyahu? What are the commonalities? Trump, what are the commonalities that we're seeing? I think those people represent, you know, the Cro-Magnon gene and that's still running around in all of us. And, uh, you know, it just kind of it gets expressed more in them. But you know what is so, I mean, you may kind of say that kind of chuckling, right? But actually, there is a hell of a lot of truth to that. Because, I mean, um, you you take a look at what's occurring throughout, and and there's a particular sect of guys right now that that is what they're bringing to our body politic. And what we are actually seeing is a destruction then of democracies that were really catered, selected, and I don't know if you remember from uh, Friday's show, we spoke about having a democracy requires a certain amount of education, which Mm -hmm. is what these guys are trying to get out of the fold. And it requires practice. I mean, just like riding a bicycle, you know, you need to learn to do it. And people haven't had the experience of democracy. You know, we're, you know, the world is becoming democracy. We're, you know, it's still mostly feudalism. If you look at everything around the world, you know, we're still in the feudal age. I mean, except for, you know, a few of these, you know, advanced industrial areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, even there in some advanced countries, you know, it's still this hierarchical model. People don't understand democracy because, you know, family, schools, jobs, militaries, nothing's organized democratically. And right. so, uh, you know, the training wheels are still on this bike, you know, but we know what the goalpost is and it's democracy. And, you know, it's not just about education. It's about practice. Right. It's amazing. By the way, we want to welcome Eric Hayes, Alistair Waters, Bruce Pollard over there in the chat room uh, talking about, (laughs) I'm not going to say what what, uh, Brother Hayes has to say here, but anyhow, let's continue with the essay. Remember, folks, you can get the essay at politicsandright.com slash newsletter, where we cover uh, what we're going to talk about on the show. Joe Biden defeated Trump by 7 million votes or so. Unfortunately, the, the failed Trump administration that exacerbated a pandemic was not enough for an additional 7 million or so to vote when he was soundly defeated by Biden. So what I'm saying is in as much as we had some issues with Trump, he still garnered an additional 7 million votes. That was more votes than any other presidential candidate in the entire country bar Biden, with the exception of Biden, that tells me that in America, we. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do if we still have those who have not used the experience of what had happened before to actually go, in, go, go forward with what we're doing. So, um, so democracy is fragile. When Bolsonaro lost his bid for re-election, just like Trump, he attempted a popular coup that failed. But neither Trump nor Bolsonaro are in jail. Neither are in jail. And then there is Israel's indicted director, Benjamin Netanyahu, that is attempting to strip the judiciary of its powers to rule on the constitutionality of the Knesset's laws. What is happening with our democracies? The fascists have found a formula that they are perfecting. They're still perfecting it. If you want to see an example of what gives them the license, the demagogue, into a pathway of fascism, one just needs to look into what is occurring in France. I don't know if you, you under, just check out what happened in France last week, and it's still happening right now with the riots, etc. What did uh, Macron do? Macron decided that he was going to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Uh, my question is, in a rich country with high productivity and increasing productivity, why would you be trying to take away something from the masses? Why would you want to do that? I want you guys to ponder that. Did you want to come in and say something at all? All right. Uh, I want you guys to ponder I want you guys to ponder what it means that a president, a he's a neoliberal though, uh, uh, Tory. Yes. Macron, neoliberal. Oh, yeah. Now, not a bad guy, but neoliberal. Yeah, and you know, the main thing about uh, putting these uh, 63 and 64-year-old workers back to work in France, these are the highest skilled workers right. in France with the most experience. Right. And But it increases the labor pool, increases the supply of labor, which lowers the cost of labor. So at the very least, it's uh, it, it lowers the cost of labor. You know, if you're an industrialist or whatever business person in France and, you know, you're looking for the bottom line, you know, that's one way to get it right. is to lower the cost of labor. 713-526-5738. Your thoughts? 713-526-5738. You guys are kind of quiet today. But anyhow, the reason I, I I really brought that up uh, with respect to France, and I wanted to tie it into the path to fascism, is as follows. And it's the second part of the essay which talk about it's all about the economics of fear, all about economics and fear. Here is the deal. Um, if I am the president of a country, if I'm a president of a rich country, in where the top 10%, well, the top 0.1% are 
going away with everything. We got the 1% doing super fine. The top 10% doing fine. The top 20% surviving, going to their vacations twice a year, etc. But the next 80% of the people are in pain. When I say in pain, I'm not necessarily physical pain, but they are stressed. They have so much that they are doing. What would you expect a opposing party to want to do? What would you expect an opposing party to use as an excuse to get into power? They triangulate you. It doesn't matter what they believe. I want you guys to remember 2015. If you listen to Trump in 2015, who did Trump sound like in 2015? He was mimicking Bernie Sanders at that time. He was going to do all these great things, triangulating the neoliberals throughout this country. He was going to give you health care for all. He didn't call it health care for all, but he made every American believe that unlike these other folks out there, he was going to give you something. That's what it was all about. He was going to give you something. When it turns out that we knew the policies that were going to come for it. We knew exactly what policies he intended to have. Let's go ahead and bring uh, Jack into the fold. Come on in, Jack. Jack yeah, in. yeah. How's it going, Egberto? I am doing fine, Jack. Talk to me. Hey, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. You yes. know, I've been listening to KPFT since the 90s. Yes. You know, and I started, you know, it's it's the neoliberal. Right policies yes. that are causing all this. And I was, uh, I really kind of want to sound the alarm because I think that fascism is coming. I mean, it's already here, right? basically. But, you know, our government is just not, democracy is hanging on by a cat's paw right, right now. Right. And, you know, the, as far as I'm concerned, most of the people are basically worried about their own, their, their own stuff and their own selves, and they're not involved in politics. Let me stop you there a second, Jack, because you said something very, very smart, and it starts with individualism, right? It starts yes. with individualism. If you take a look at what, uh, what, uh, what's her name, uh, Anne Rand spoke about, Anne Rand talks about objectivism and individualism and not having the society having to take care of each other, right? So what they try to do is they try to detach you from government. So if I can let you believe that government is doing this, government is doing that, Government is doing all these other things, right? If I can convince yeah, you that government is this yeah. other entity, I can learn how to hate government. I can learn how to think government is not in my own correct for my own purview. But then they go one step further. It's not only about getting you to not like government. It's also teaching you or not teaching you how government actually works. If you notice one of the first things they did in our high schools and, and, and middle schools is they no longer teach civics. Why don't they teach right. civics? They don't want you to know how a, a, a government operates. They don't They're want you to know. us down. Right. You are the They're government. Dumbing us down. And yes. in the process of doing that, what they want to do is then replace government with these, the, with the corporatocracy now who tells you. Privatize it all. Here yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hip to what's going on. I, I just, 
you know, I sit here and the thing that, you know, they've been working at this since, you know, the end of World War II. Right. You know, that's where neoliberalism basically came from. Right. From Germany. So, or other, other sources too. But, uh, you know, it's been working its way up and that, you know, they've been, been changing judges and appointing judges that are favorable, favorable to this. And I see it as a great big trap. Right. When is that trap going to close? It, and there's no coming back for democracy. It's the it's destruction. Where I'm at with it. it. It's a destruction of what we think the institutions are supposed to be like, what they look like, etc., etc., etc. So what we have to do, and that is one of the things I, I, I preach all the time as I'm doing these programs at KPFT and elsewhere. Right? We we have to first. It's not about you know everybody think that there's going to be some savior. You know, Barack Obama was supposed to be the savior, right? Barack Obama was going to come under the Well, they're probably going to bring back Jesus Christ. I know, right? (laughs) Right? So, I mean, it was like Barack Obama came and he said, uh, what what was his phrase again? Uh, Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And we are who we've been waiting for. The one phrase that I love from Obama was that one. We are who we've been waiting for. But you know what? When we we, we, we continue to wait and, and we went past we, Okay, we went Mm -hmm. past we and we have to go ahead and call we back to we because that is what it's going to take. We have to start taking responsibility for taking back our government. And this is not the taking our government back in the MAGA form here. This is saying, let's go ahead and make sure that we are going to be we are going to make those we elect accountable, accountable to the things that we say to the things that we want, to the things that we ask for. America is a progressive country. It's yes. funny because if you listen to a lot of the news, they would like to tell you that, oh, America is a center-right country. No, America is not even a center-left country. American, America is a left country. You ask Americans the policies that they want. You ask them, do you want child care? Yes. Do you want uh, Social Security? Yes. Do you want Medicare uh, uh, for all or, or health care for all? Yes. Do you want yes. to have uh, do you want to have basic income? Yes. You ask all Hell these yeah. questions and they're all north of 60 percent. How can you possibly say that you are a center right country if all the questions that are answered by the American people say you're not center left? It's not even you know, I look, it's not even those policies are not even center left. Those are left policies. Yes. Okay. And 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 what we uh, what we have a tendency to do in America is we love the idea of lying to ourselves, right? Uh, we love to lie to ourselves. We love to say things like, "You ask anybody out there, are you progressive? No. Are you liberal? No. They don't want to cop to those words." But uh, you tell them, for some reason, if you say, are you conservative? They'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of conservative, but I'm mostly moderate. That's, that's, that kind of makes them feel good like they're playing a center role. But the truth of the matter is when we want to get honest about ourselves, when we want to get honest about what people are asking for, we are a left, the, the people are a left country. Our government now is a center right government. And when Trump came into existence, he was moving it further right into the fascist realm. But uh, our government, you, go, you, you check out all the neoliberal Democrats that you just spoke about, sir. They're, they're center-right. They're not, they're not moderate. Right. They're yeah. center-right. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, they, 
they want to pla- just pass the wealth up instead of sharing it with the people. And, you know, that's basically the deal. And you know, you know you're know, you kind. Let me just tell you that, uh, Jack. You're very kind. Because here's what you just said. You just said they want to share the wealth as if it is theirs to share. And that's yeah. a mentality I am trying to get out of every single American. The wealth is not for those who now have it to share. Because that would be going under the assumption that they got it from their own work and they got it from their own worth, which they did not, right? So you go ahead, they they got it. You on the shoulders of others. Exactly. So terminology means a lot. And when you tell somebody that that, that they earned that wealth, it's different than saying they stole that wealth legally. So the phraseology that I generally use is they stole that wealth legally. And why do I say stole the wealth legally? Because again, they own the courts. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not only the courts, it's about how the means of productions are exercised. Why is it that uh, most dr- or a lot of drilling is done on public lands? And when that oil comes out of the, uh, out of the ground, other than a small fee that's paid in uh, royalty fees to the government, it all goes to the small amount of shareholders in that country. I mean, in that corporation is yeah. that, you know, and that is the resources of the whole country. The people, yeah. It's yeah. the resources. Of, and you, you, you want to hear certain things that I speak about, let's say Venezuela and all these other countries, right? Why do yes. countries like Venezuela fail? Why do countries like Cuba fail? Why do all these, these types of countries fail? Sanctions. We cannot Sanctions. We cut possibly, them off the knees. Yeah, we cannot possibly. Venezuela is sitting on the largest amount of petroleum in the world right now. That is a country that sits on the large, and they are one of the poorest countries in the world. It makes absolutely no sense. But why is the case? We could not possibly have a country sitting on a a wealth of oil that belongs to everybody. So the big major companies will get out of there until they get a government who will sell the soul of the c- country that says, okay, now you can have it. Every case says government now is not center right. Washington is not the way. Egberto, when you tell others that wealth is stolen in broad terms and just plain wrong. Again, Eric Hayes, that is your choice. Uh, that was Eric Hayes from the chat, Jack. It is his choice. Well, for to them, it depends on who's doing the stealing. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, it it is important. And and that's what I say when I talk about terminology being important. Terminology is extremely important because if we learn, if we learned that, you know, it is okay to drill on federal land and just a few take advantage of it, if that becomes the norm, then we look at it as the norm. And that's what has happened in our country, right? Most people, most people simply believe that all is fine. Most people believe that they don't fight these things because that's the only way they should be. And that is, that is what we have to change in our, in, our, in, in, in our national psyche. You see what I'm saying? That is what yes, we let, must let feel. Me comment, let me comment a minute yes, here. Sir, you know, uh, something, something I do and what I see, you know, I see everybody out there pretty much living large. Right. You know, they or, or they aspire to live large. 
Yes, sir. And, you know, maybe that's not the focus. You know, maybe marketing and all this other stuff has got us taken away from who and what we really are. Because mm-hmm. I remember Texas when it was a drive-friendly. Mm-hmm. There were welcome signs out right. everywhere. And now they're all posted signs. Yes. You know, I mean, the, the society is changing along with us. You know, we're carrying Big Brother in our back pocket now. So, I mean, where are we going? Are we going to become the Borg or what? Well, you notice, I don't know if you notice, I tell people this all the time. When I'm speaking to everybody, right, I like to refer to people as brother and sister, no matter, because what is special about That's you being healthy. a brother? That's really good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt that a little bit Well, let me more. tell you why. Right. Let me tell you why. I love my sisters like no other, right? I love my brothers like no other, right? And if right. I can, if I start looking at all the people I'm interacting with as my extended brothers and extended sisters, then I can't wish harm onto them. Then I want just good things happening to them, right? Remember what I said that your your words matter when you're saying things. Your words matter, right? So now, if if you start to live your life in that domain, right? In my humble opinion, that is. If you start to live your life in that domain, then when it comes to policies now, whenever people talk about policies, the first thing I think about is, how is that going to affect my brothers and my sisters, right? Right. I'm not going to think about, well, you know, I went to a conference and the guy said, when we were talking policies, the first thing that guy asked was, how does that, how is that going to affect my auntie? Or he didn't ask that. He said, how is that going to affect business my bottom line my yeah bottom line that yeah. was all that mattered to him you know um when when the 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 federal reserve chair um what's his name the federal reserve chair his name is uh, Bernanke. Jerome, Bernanke? no no jerome powell. jerome jerome uh, powell yeah jerome powell Thank you, uh, Tori. When yeah, Jer- yeah, okay. Wow. When Jerome Powell, um, he went in front of the com- the committee, right? And folks, give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2, and Tori will take your call and put you on, on air right away. But uh, what Jerome Powell did, uh, you know... Uh, Elizabeth Warren well, said, again, yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Warren said, "Wait a minute, uh, Jerome. You said that in order to cool down inflation, you want employment to jump by one percent. I want you guys to understand this." He, she said, "I, you, I, I, He said he wrote in his in his in his letter to the Congress, employment unemployment needs to rise by one percent. That will release the pressure, and inflation would fall." I want to ask every person sitting at Evernorth Health Services. We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And out there, that 1% represents 2 million workers. Do you want to be one of the million workers that had to be sacrificed to drop inflation, which is already proven to have been created by corporations creating a uh, surcharge on just about everything that they sell that was unnecessary and that is reflected in their increased profit margin? Are you willing to be one of those million people so that these guys can have their extended profits? Because that's the only major reason for the height in inflation. So she was pretty strong about it. She said, yes, we, need, we need to get a chair who really cares about people. But what I'm saying is when you sat down as Powell in that chair, all Powell could think about is the numbers. Powell, I always say I love the numbers, but I, I, I care about the people before the numbers. All Powell could think about is if I want to drop inflation, I'm not going to tell the corporatocracy, you guys need to start gouging the Americans, stop gouging the Americans. I'm, that's not what I'm going to say. What I'm going to tell them is I'm going to say, I'm going to force you guys by telling Americans not to buy from you by me taking their money away in the form of high interest rates. Think about that. We right, have an right, economic yeah, system. An economic system that is predicated on pain on a certain percentage of the masses. I want everybody listening to my voice here to think about that. An economic system predicated on your pain. Did you want to say something? Tori, come on in. Uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned something earlier about stolen wealth. Yes. And, you know, I'm from the social studies department here, uh, ex-history teacher, and we like to call, talk to it, uh, about it as a transfer of wealth. Right. And, uh, you know, basically when our political system was set up in the 1780s, the economic system was already in place for 150 years, and it didn't change. You know, it's a system of transferring wealth upward from the working class. You know, it's a system, uh, you know, they call it feudalism. It's from medieval Europe. And, uh, you know, it's still operational. You know, it's about transferring wealth from working class people into, uh, you know, the 1%. That's it. You know, what is interesting is I get pushback when I say that to some extent. And I'm going to explain how I handle the pushback. Because people say, well, well, look how great Americans are doing now. They have two cars now. They are they have a big house. They have, you know, I'm just talking about on average for the, the top 20% and the other 80%. There, there's some and other it people. all benefits the banksters. Right. Okay? But, here, but here is the kicker. What they don't, I, I went to a conference with Richard Wolf, economist Richard Wolf. Yes. And what I learned from economist Richard Wolf, and I interviewed him about three or four times on my show. And, you know, we, we are always in agreement on the topics. Again, he's the professional economist. I just read his stuff. But anyhow, uh, and study what's going on on the other side. Now, what he, sa- what he pointed out, and, and this is what blew me away. I was earlier on a, a, a pseudo-capitalist, right? And he gave this speech, and it blew me completely away. He drew a graph on the screen, and he said, look at this graph. This is what happened in 1980. And what we saw in the graph in 1980 is the inflated amount of credit debt, 
to personal credit debt. And because our wages went flat. Our wages went flat. Our wages went flat. But we still had purchasing power so that we could enrich the plutocrats. And how was that again? Because they gave us credit. So what it meant is all these new financial structures that were created, all these new financial structures created were as follows. And let me go ahead and point this out. What did we do? What did we do? Here is what we did. Number one, we went ahead and gave a whole lot of credit. We made it cheap for them to get that credit. Numero dos. Uh, numero dos. After we made the credit cheap, what we did is made sure it was easy to pay. Right? Numero tres. We created other structures. Let me give an example. Have anybody heard something called the reverse mortgage? Yeah. Okay. The reverse mortgage is that thing that allows you to take your house, to take your house. Excuse me. Let me have a card. Uh, reverse mortgage is the stuff that allows the person to take your home, right? In case you it can be, yeah. Right. So I want you guys to think about that. Uh, reverse mortgages. You, it used to be you bought a home. After you bought a home, you invested in paying for the home, you owned the home, and that is something you could leave for your kids, you could leave for others. Okay? Now, interestingly, right. uh, these guys are always trying to create instruments, and these are instruments that they can make money on. It's never about you. Always remember that. You get a mortgage and you're happy with it. Don't ever think that somebody was doing you a favor. They were just making another dollar off of you. Is that a wrong thing? No, it's not. This is a profit. You know, everybody wants to get into a business that do profits. But some people kind of get too enamored with what's, going, with what's going on. So what happened is the following. You go ahead and you get a reverse mortgage on your home. Uh, they pay you a monthly or maybe they give you a lump sum, depending on how you actually structured it. And what you do, what you do then, and this, this is amazing, is they immediately after you die, because you get a chance to stay and live in the home, after you die, when your offspring comes and your offspring thinks, you know, mom and dad for, for decades, bought this house. Now they're leaving this house to me, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out you ain't got no house because it now belongs to the bank. They encourage yes. your parents. And again, not everybody will they like... They track your parents. Yes, yes. And now when you thought you had a home... You no longer have a home because of reverse mortgage. It's it's theirs. It's yeah, theirs. It's, it's theirs. Yes. And and, and, we, and I've watched some celebrities get up there and plug this stuff. Exactly. You know? Well, that's what they do. You know. That's what they do. That's what they do. Right? You know, growing up, I, ne I never thought that my life would be as much about the lies and the propaganda on mm -hmm. that than the truth. Right, right. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension number two. Extension number two. 713-526-5738. So, so they basically, they, they basically uh, 
divided us into little units, and now they're pilfering us to death with, you know, inflation and profit-taking. You know, so I, I kind of got a bad feeling about how it is to be a be a human being these days. Well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. I, let me tell I you started. Something. I started paying it. To, you know, when when John Perkins did his stuff, yes, it told me that these people hire engineering firms yes. to quantif- to quantify the resources. And then they start little by little whittling away to right. get at them. Right, right. And, and 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 all we're doing is taking the profit off the top, and we've let all of our, our factories and everything's go to uh, basically China, who yes. is capitalizing on it because now they have something to sell which America's not doing anymore. It's amazing that uh, China has become America. You know, I mean, if people, when people and get we upset, gave it to them. We, yeah. we outsourced all of our jobs all them years and that cheap labor, yes. you know, and, and, and the carrot dangling in front of you is what they're doing. Yes. Hey, let me, let me put you on hold, Jack. I want to bring Tracy sure. into the fold. Uh, go on, Tracy. Come on in. Let's see. He's about to put you in. There you go. Tracy, you're on. Yeah, okay, thank you for having me on. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to say something about reverse mortgages. Yes. Uh, a reverse, you know, a homeowner who pays off a house or has a, a certain amount of equity mm-hmm. has a choice to sell that house. Yes, you're right. Move to another, new another house. Yes. Uh, rent, rent a house, maybe at a lower rate. Yes. I mean, there are a lot of options. A reverse mortgage, uh, you know, a, my father happened to have one. He had a fairly nice house in uh, uh, acre and a quarter in one of the villages, and he used, uh, you know, he took a reverse mortgage uh, to uh, assist in his, you know, living expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, four or five years later, you know, and he borrowed from it maybe a half a million dollars. In essence, you're borrowing from your own equity. There is an interest there. Right. Uh, but that is, you know, like anybody that's going to need to have right. interest on money that they lend. Mm-hmm. That's only normal. Nobody's going to do it for free. Right. Uh, so, uh, fortunately, you know, and this is the way it can work out with some reverse mortgages that, uh, you know, the house went up in value. Mm-hmm. So over the five, six, seven years, it didn't go down in value. Right now we're facing, you know, a little, a little bit of pressure on housing values, but at that time, you know, Let's say seven figures went up. It went up equal and more of how much he, he had borrowed. borrowed on the reverse mortgage. Right. So he, when he sold the house, he paid off the reverse mortgage, and he bought another house over in Spring Branch. Right. And every, it was a happy ending. And no, happy endings can happen. Reverse mortgages are not for everybody, but they're not evil. Okay. They are just a choice, an economic, uh, you know, another a economic choice. instrument. Let me, let me, let me say, let me qualify what I'm saying because it's very important. You hear me come on to the radio and I knock reverse mortgages. I also knock Medicare Advantage. But what I try to qualify what I'm saying is as follows. What your example that you gave is a perfect example of how somebody who wants to remove equity out of their homes can do it with a HELOC or a reverse mortgage. Uh, the, the reverse mortgage has some other benefits that 
is governmental control. In other words, it, it's amazing how the bankers always get a backup from the government. Why? What is the difference between a HELOC and a reverse mortgage? Think about that. Well, I, I, I don't. You know. Well, let mean, me explain. Uh, I, I can well, tell the you. The government some of it. has its hand in a lot. A lot I of know, businesses. but but what I want to tell you about it, Trace, is the following, right? In a reverse mortgage, the bank never loses, right? If uh, if at ninety five, if if the house accretes in a particular side of value or whatever, well, the government makes you whole. Okay, so there are a lot of there's a whole lot of things that these different financial structures tied in with. Uh, well, can I disagree a little bit? On, sure, sure. Uh, please do. Loses? Please do. Please do. Well, I would say that anybody is a lender for a reverse mortgage takes a very careful look at the appraised value of the house. Yes. And and will never loan more than about. I don't know, 40 or 40% or so of the value of the house. So you can't really get a reverse mortgage for the, say, if it's worth a half a million, half a million dollars. You might get a couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. And you don't actually lose the ownership of the house, but you do have the obligation of paying off that, that loan, you know, against your equity. Right. And so, if you don't pay the loan off, the house and they reverts don't, to the bank. Yes. They don't really not in the business of, I don't think they're in the business of owning homes. Really. None, of, none uh, of these guys are in the business of doing anything, Tracy, other than using somebody else's assets to make money. I think we can both agree on that one. And I I'm mean, not people finance cars. Every right. Everybody I'm driving not, down the road has got a guy, probably got a five. Oops. Uh-uh. Yes, I have a comment. Go ahead. Reverse mortgages. Go ahead. Bad, bad things. Uh, bad things. I've had. And and uh, we, Tracy, we accidentally dropped you. You can call back, Tracy. I, I was listening to you, but we accidentally dropped you. Go ahead. Um, uh, what's your name, this sir? Is, this, this is this is Lee. I've had neighbors that have lost houses because they took a reverse mortgage. And what they don't tell you about is every time you borrow, there's a fee for processing it. Right. Every time you call in, there's a fee for answering your questions. They eat up as much in fees as more than you what you then you have a clue they're doing to you. Okay. So if you think you've got something that's going to last 20, 25 years, you'd be damn lucky to make it 10. You know, it's so important that um, that we have calls like yours, not 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 to refute what Tracy said, because what Tracy said is always is also correct. It all depends on how how the contract was written. And I said that that issue was an exception. Right. That's not the norm. That and, and not the norm. That's why that's why you hear when I knock reverse mortgages. I always knock it because the way they sell it, they sell it more on the order of what you are saying than an in, than somebody who understand finances like Tracy's father who purchased it, right? And that's that's the difference. I'd like Tracy to call back because uh, uh, he was saying something of important. But it's very important for people to understand what you I forgot what your name was, sir. Lee. Lee. Uh, Lee, it's important for people to understand that when you watch TV and you watch all those uh, reverse mortgage commercials, right, they are always telling you a partial truth. And that is what's bad. Uh, Tracy, call me back. I don't want you to think we hung up on you. So, uh, So as it turns out, Reverse mortgages for most people, uh, again, most people would, would pay off their homes or have a lot of equity in their home, and, and these guys would come to you and say, why don't you take a vacation? Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Use some of your accumulated assets. It's hard to say no, especially as hard as the masses work in America. Sometimes it's like, maybe I should just give myself a break. And giving yourself that one break makes that bank 
you know, anyway, you get the point. Bank or lender, however it goes. Right. The issue is, like you said, they are not out there to help you. They are out there to steal your property. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. And I, I, and I, and you know, we we use those harsh terms, but unfortunately, they're true. You know. Uh, on, yes, uh, I'm doing a, there. I am doing a series right now uh, with uh, Patrick Lavelle. Patrick Lavelle is a producer uh, was a producer out there in Hollywood and some other places, and uh, he did a series called The Con. So we are doing a, a a parallel series called The Con that goes through what the banking sector has been doing for quite some time, and the reason I, I I'm preparing that I'm preparing I'm doing all the cutting of that video right now but it's important for us to approach all these things with our eyes wide open so lee thank you so kindly for putting in your two cents okay my friend do another one yes do an expo like that on what reverse mortgages actually steal from you will do will do brother you have have a great day all right great thank you thank you for being a part of the pdr posse lee you're a good man all right uh tracy come on in uh, well, I don't know if I have much more to add. I just think that, you know, in a, in a reverse mortgage or, uh, you know, any, even a car loan or anything while you're getting credit, you have to, uh, you know, because you're getting money up front right. that you don't yet have, uh, or you don't want to leave your house because right. you love your house, but you need need some money, a line of credit, maybe some living expenses. Uh, I think, you know, they can serve a certain niche for certain people, but of course, it does take, it is a sophisticated right. situation, so you don't want to just go, oh, you know, here are all the, the, you know, the flowers and daisy part. You want to look at, uh, you know, the situation. And usually those things have an interest that you, is what, when you're using your equity, uh, you also should be paying the interest on the loan, and you might get in trouble if you don't pay the interest. Right. And I don't know what the interest is today, but... It served a purpose in my father's life, and I think it serves a purpose, uh, you know, uh, and he was maybe fortunate or, uh, you know, in the sense that the market was going up. Tracy. Today it might be a little tougher. Yeah, but Tracy, I want, to, I want to stop you here because we're out of time, but I just want to tell you something in this regards. Your father was sufficiently sophisticated to understand what he was going into. Your father knew what he had. Your father knew what to do, and your father knew how to approach it. Uh, in, in, with, with an educational system that we have today, with our financial uh, know-how that we have today, um, very few people, and, and I'm talking in the aggregate, of course, but very few people have that sophistication that you and your dad has. Or have? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's quite a few, but I mean, I would agree with you that in school, uh, you know, it's not just uh, addition and subtraction and algebra. There should be some some uh, or, common sense. Know, uh, home econ- not home economics. That used to be a major for women, right? And you know, my mother was a great home economics. You know, uh, but anyway, you know, certain I would say budgeting. You know. I mean, even today, college education, you know, they loan the money, but they ought to loan the money and they can pay it back, a a small loan, to make sure that they will pay it back, and then loan them. Why did you open that can of worms, Tracy? I want to ask you something. Because I'm, I'm you know, I have a sort of a common sense approach to life. Okay, uh, Jack, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to Jack before, but before I want to, Tracy, you you hit a nerve that I want to, you sound like a, a, a straight up good guy that knows finances or whatever i'm going to ask you a foolish question 
why are we charging our kids to go? You remember when uh, high school used to be charged until they realized that the economy needed at least a high school education? With an economy that, that does much better with a college education, why are we asking people to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, to go to college? Well, I mean, you know, uh, why are we uh, ask? Well, you know, that is, I don't know if I can unravel that problem. You no, know, no, what I'm saying, do you agree with me that that college really, we shouldn't create this new business that college people have to go into hock to go to college, right? Well, I, I could say there's a whole thing about the uh, culture of co- co- college kids nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, witnessed them, and, you know, traveling overseas, they get along, you know, uh, for college education, and they're staying in hotels. That's the exception. Have, you know, Really, it's the exception. That's the exception. I heard that too. It's the exception. It's easy to spend. Yes. Uh, you know, money that you borrowed for, say, something that's going to, you know, lend lend to your, uh, you know, uh, impact your future earnings. Yeah. And I think nowadays colleges are not the bare bones like when I went. I mean, right. they have lots of little things that are, uh, you know, and everybody's got a cell phone. So we're we're in a different time yeah. now. Tracy, uh, you know, it's a much Tracy, more sophisticated economy. I gotta, I gotta go back to Jack, but I want to thank you for calling. I hope you keep listening, keep calling, keep giving your ideas. Well, I and do your call commentary. occasionally, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I've right. heard you before. So give your commentary because that's what we're all about here, keeping the communications going, my brother. All right. Have a great one. All right, let's go back to Jack. Jack, anything you want to add before I close this show? Uh, do go to my last thing that I want to talk about. Are you there, Jack? I guess Jack must have left us if he does if he's not on mute or something. All right, let's go ahead and uh, finish up. Beforehand, though, I want to welcome Eric Hayes, Maywood. Um, who else is in here? Uh, Bruce Pollard, Julie Henderson, and uh, Alistair Eve, and everybody. Alistair Waters, welcome all aboard to our chat within politics done right as well um this show would not be one without all of you anyhow i want to go back to how i started the program as far as um being going to that concert or that concert this um weekend and it was you know tori i thought you would have been there it was at the universal universalist church oh yeah i hang out there sometime uh gary Oki is an old friend of mine he's mm-hmm. the guy uh was putting the music together over there and uh he used to be in a we used to work together musically right. way back in the day in a band called beatless right he, well, I mean, I, I missed you out there, but we had a whole lot of KPFT regulars out there and a whole lot of HPJC regulars out there. It was a beautiful day and one band after the other. And, you know, I had my first vegan hot dog and it was like, <laughs> it actually tasted great. I mean, I was surprised at the flavor. Some people kind of thumbed their nose at it, but I thought it was pretty good. Well, I've been through the vegan hot dog phase. Okay. Not the other end. <laughs> All right, man. But anyhow, folks. So, one of the things that you know, I, I saw the 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 plethora, a whole bunch of people that are out there, and um, you know, and everybody listening to music. And I I saw some folks out there that I know. You know, some of my I, and there are a couple of my MAGA buddies that are that that were out there, and you know, of course, you had a lot of the progressive folks and all of that, and everybody was just talking and having fun. And I said to my, you know, you know, as I'm watching folks, you know, I'm doing a lot of watching and all of that. I'm like, that is where we need to get to. I mean, 
every and I want I want y'all to think about this. I honestly want you to think about this. <clears throat> Folks ask me many times, why don't I get mad? I get mad. Don't get me wrong. I get mad. All right. But why don't I get mad at, let's say, somebody for being this mega person and saying certain things or maybe call me certain names and all of that? Why, why, why do I still engage these folks? And the classic answer is the following. I want you guys to hear this well. We have a lot of external forces out there. And some of you have heard me say this on my daily show. Some of you have heard me say this in the different stuff that I write, etc. But remember this. There are people out there using psychological means to go ahead and trigger you in every fashion possible. They trigger you on identity. They trigger you on so many different things. And the idea is as follows. If I can trigger you into looking, putting your angst onto somebody else other than that which is creating the problems that are afflicting you, I can get away with the problems over and over again. And if you take a look at what Benjamin Netanyahu did in Israel, he started by, or rather he started, yes, he just fired the general, which or, or the, the, the um, defense, defense minister yeah. who kind of triggered an even larger reaction. But he started to say, I am going to control the judiciary. He started to do all these fascist things. But the reason he did it is that for all the things that he has been doing, there was no consequences because he had everybody looking elsewhere. He had our Jewish brothers and sisters fearing the Palestinians. And, and he had our Jewish brothers and sisters thinking that somehow uh, there is a reason, a rationale for going ahead and building settlements because it's going to be to protect the motherland. They had all these different features that are going to keep your eyes looking somewhere else. And the same thing happens here in this country with a Trump or even with neoliberals or otherwise. I make sure that you hate that poor person because they want to live off the dole. I make sure that I'm not going to give you a wage increase because you know what? How does that affect me? I try to do all these things that you are no longer looking at who's creating your problems. You are now looking at the other guy because they make the belief that the other guy is the problem. I want you guys to understand this. Every time you raise your voice at somebody that you disagree with, they're laughing, they're clapping, they're saying, yes, that's what we want. Try this. Try to assume that most people that you encounter are good. Just look how they deal with their relatives, families, etc. And you'd realize most people are good. And treat them as follows. Even as they fall and they do things that, don't, that you don't like what they're doing. I'm not saying turn the other cheek. If somebody slap you, slap them back. But if they tell you something, it's just words. It's just words. And you can actually, with your own behavior, with the things that you believe, you can actually get that point across. That you know what? I am in the same boat with you. I am in the same boat with you. And if we all realize that we are in the same boat, we win. 
Whenever we unite Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios, my stereotypical phrase, then we win. So I want to close out by saying, folks, please, for all practical purposes, just love on your brothers and sisters. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics on Right and KPFT at KPFT. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.